Hello and welcome to the third midweek episode in our Simplicity series. We are continuing to tackle broad sweeping concepts and teachings from Jesus on Sundays, but in the process, we wanted to make space uh, available to answer some of the practical questions that we often don't have time and space to tackle on Sundays. Uh, How do I actually embrace simplicity? What changes can I make? What should I do on a Monday morning or a Thursday? Thursday afternoon? Uh, Where do I start? What questions should I ask? How do I tackle the tough areas uh, of my home? Whatever it might be. Uh, Those are the questions that we'll be tackling midweek. Last week, we talked about decluttering your closet as a starting point for your minimalism journey. And this week, we're going to talk about the rest of the house. And wow, this episode is going to be crazy. If we had time, today's episode would be three or four episodes because we're tackling the whole of the house in one episode. Uh, There are entire books written about it. And so what I'll attempt to do is give some general direction, uh, share some things that I've found helpful, and then end with some additional resources for those who want to go deeper. And I'll try not to overwhelm you, but I'm going to to be posting a bunch of articles and resources uh, all at once because this is such a massive topic. Uh, Remember that last week we talked about the closet and the value of holding each item of clothing in your hand and asking, uh, do I need this? Does it add value to my life? Uh, Does it spark joy? Or is it just taking up mental and physical space? Well, this week, we'd encourage you to start the journey of doing that with your entire house. Uh, The goal, and it will take time, is to hold every single item in your home one by one in your hand and ask, does this thing add value to my life? Uh, Does it help me accomplish my purpose? Do I need it? And this is profound. Uh, Remember that in the big picture, uh, what we're uh, seeking to take on is Jesus' lifestyle. Uh, We're we're seeking to accomplish Jesus' vision for our lives and become more like him along the way. And simplicity is the intentional promotion of the things we most value and the removal of everything else that distracts us from them. So we start with the center. We start with Jesus in the kingdom. We start with the why. Uh, Why am I minimizing? Uh, What is my pearl of great price? What am I after? And then we move outward from there. And for some of us, it'll be very specific things. I mean, for all of us, we can say, hey, I want to take on more of the lifestyle of Jesus, experience life and freedom that he did. Uh, But for some of us, he's going to drop very specific things into our hearts. I sense Jesus calling me to get out of debt. Uh, I feel that part of my purpose is to uh, host people in a clutter-free home uh, for the sake of the kingdom of God. Uh, I feel tormented by the fact that I never have enough time for my own kids, and clearly Jesus would want me to spend quality time with my kids. Uh, Maybe I feel God calling me to ditch my house altogether and to move to a condo or an apartment or to Malaysia, uh, or at least bring some of those things within the realm of possibility. So whatever it is, 
is for you, start with the goal. Start with the why. Uh, if my goal is to follow Jesus and make disciples, paying special attention to my family and my own children, then I'm going to write that purpose statement down on a piece of paper, nail it to the wall where I can see it, and run every item I own through that lens one item at a time. Remember that every item you own takes up mental, emotional, physical space in your life. Every item requires time, attention, energy, cleaning, organizing, reorganizing, maintaining, fixing, whatever it is. And therefore, every item has the ability to distract you from your purpose. So get out your purpose statement, uh, whatever it might be, whether that's getting out of debt or moving to Malaysia or just becoming more like Jesus uh, through the practice of simplicity and start moving from room to room. Uh, Joshua Becker has a mountain of great resources, books, blogs, YouTube videos, online courses, all kinds of stuff that will get into the nitty gritty and the details of this. And we'll post some links to his stuff with this episode. Uh, but you, uh, oh, you can also go on his website, becomingminimalist.com. There's great stuff there. But he would say, hey, keep your purpose statement in front of you and let it motivate you to ruthlessly eliminate all that distracts you from your life purpose. So you're starting with the purpose and your calling and working outward. And you're holding each item in your hand uh, and asking whatever question is going to make the most sense for you. Some people ask, is it useful or is it beautiful or is it necessary? Uh, does it add value to my life? Or I, I actually add the word seriously. Like, does this seriously add value to my life? That's my favorite question. Uh, and so you can take your favorite question and your purpose statement and just begin running things through that lens. And uh, another lens or helpful question you can use is that you can screen items based on the purpose of each room as well. So I, I know that's several different ways of going about this, but you can stop and think like, hey, what's the purpose of our living room? Why do we have it? Well, it's to host friends and family who come over or to connect and relax with uh, my, my spouse or my roommates or my own family. Uh, oh, I, I have a living room so that I can have small group over and we can have times of prayer and, and friendship. Uh, or this is, this is a space for reading books and, and having it, silence and solitude, whatever it is. Okay, so take that. That's the purpose statement of our living room. Eliminate everything else from the living room that doesn't add to that purpose. And then you can move to the next room. What's your kitchen for? Well, that sounds sort of funny to most of us, but a lot of us haven't thought about it. If the purpose of our kitchen is connecting with others uh, and enjoying the process of making meals or hosting or whatever it is, then eliminate everything else that detracts from that purpose. What's your bedroom for? Well, it's for most of us, it's for rest, it's for sleep, it's for restoration, it's for marital intimacy if you're married. Uh, okay, uh, is a TV in your bedroom helping those purposes or hurting them? Well, it's probably hurting them. Like every single purpose that you could list for your bedroom is being hurt by having a TV in there. So ditch the TV. Uh, if those are the purposes of your living room or your bedroom or whatever, um, then then you adjust accordingly um, and, and remove the stuff that is distracting. And you can go room by room. But here's the problem in all of this. The average American home has 300,000 items in it. 
And if you're going to hold each item in your hand and ask if it's useful or beautiful or necessary or serving your purpose or adding value to your life, then this is going to take time. And if holding each item in your hand and asking these questions is too daunting a task for you, it's because you have too many items in your home. Ironically, those who are the most intimidated by this process are the people who need it most. But odds are, whoever you are, you probably have too much stuff. And your stuff is detracting from your quality of life, uh, di distracting you from your purpose, detracting from life with God, not adding to it. So commit to de-owning stuff. Uh, whether your goal is greater intimacy with God, uh, getting out of debt, or following Jesus to Malaysia, uh, you start by moving from room to room and eliminating clutter. Uh, and I want to define what clutter is. Uh, different people have different definitions. Here's, here's a few of them. Uh, clutter can be defined as uh, too much stuff in too small a space. Uh, anything that we no longer use or love. Anything that leads to a feeling of disorganization. Clutter is anything that does not add value to my life or, or Marie Kondo's anything that does not spark joy. So I think you can usually just choose one of those lenses or one definition or one question, but you're asking your question. Is it beautiful? Is it useful? Is it necessary today? Uh, not for someday, but is it necessary or adding value to my life today? Uh, what needs to stay? And what can I live without? Uh, is this truly adding value to my life or detracting from it? Uh, one quote that I stumbled across said, Have nothing in your home that you don't know to be useful or believe to be beautiful. And remember, uh, as you're doing this massive uh, task of taking on the entire home, but remember the 80-20 rule. You use 80% of your stuff, sorry, 20% of your stuff, 80% of the time, and the other 80% of your stuff, you only use 20% of the time, uh, which means that 80% of your stuff is is going to trend in the direction of unnecessary clutter. So start there, start eliminating easy stuff, get some quick wins under your belt, uh, grab things you don't need or want or that are cluttering up a room and I'll often throw them in a bag and just set them aside. Like you can come back later, you can come back the next day or the next week or a month later and sort stuff out, but just keep moving forward as you're going and try and build momentum as you're going room by room. Uh, one thing that I found helpful was to start by eliminating duplicates. Uh, most of us have way too many, you know, sheets, towels, cars, coffee mugs, whatever it is. Uh, don't own 10 of something if you only need two. Uh, get rid of clothes you no longer wear and your second blender that you know you never use and uh, drop down to two towels per person in your household instead of five. And do you really need 30 coffee mugs? Uh, probably not. Uh, how about those old awards that you won in elementary school uh, or those outdated decorations that you don't really want to hang on your wall and just sit in the closet uh, and, and just eliminate duplicates and things that you're not using that you don't need. 
Another thing I found helpful is try not to keep stuff just in case. Uh, don't keep things out of fear uh, for tomorrow or fear over God's provision. Uh, Jesus says not to worry about that stuff. The reality is that we keep tons of stuff, including our duplicates, just in case. And usually that just in case never actually comes. So we're just holding on to dead weight uh, and, and it turns into clutter. And a lot of it for me was just evidence of my lack uh, of trust in God's provision. So get rid of it. Uh, the goal, as you are uh, chipping away, starting with the easy stuff, working toward the harder stuff, the goal is to eventually eliminate clutter completely and get to a place in your home where you only have what's useful or necessary or adding value to your life and the rest is stripped away. And as you uh, approach and near the end of that goal, uh, there should be a place for everything and everything in its place. Uh, but notice that this is different than reorganizing. If you keep an item in your home that you don't need, you'll have to reorganize it a thousand times. If you give it away to someone else who wants or needs it, you'll never have to reorganize it again. You're free. And just uh, the sheer volume of our lives that is wasted uh, researching, shopping, comparing, purchasing, organizing, cleaning, maintaining, finding our lost stuff, it's crazy. Uh, most people spend hours every week just looking for our lost items. I mean, think about that. The things I actually need and value are buried under all of the stuff that I don't need and value, and I'm going to waste my life looking for them and then probably give up and just purchase another one, only adding more clutter to my stuff. Don't reorganize. Don't go out and buy more bins. Get rid of your stuff and then get rid of the bins. And here's some extra uh, motivation along the way. The less clothes you own, the less laundry you will do. The less dishes you own, the less time you'll spend doing dishes. The less cars you own, the less time and money and energy you'll spend cleaning, fixing, and maintaining your cars. Um, and, and it was an unusual principle for me to discover that. Like as I gave away most of my clothes, I realized I was doing way less laundry and my closet was just clean and easy and things were just simpler. So you'll do less laundry, less dishes, less car maintenance, whatever it is, as you pare down. Uh, the And typically what I've found is the more I get rid of, the more joy I experience, the less stressed I feel, and the easier it was to begin to identify other things in the home that I didn't need. Um, and it's going to take multiple rounds through the house. Like this isn't something you can just do in an hour. You can get started in an hour, but the process, especially if you're like us, you know, a five-person family, uh, multi-story home, all of these spaces, uh, it's a process. But uh, start by eliminating the greatest clutter and the, the easier objects. And uh, you'll start to notice as you go, as you go for say a second round or a third, that you'll begin to notice uh, other less obvious things uh, that were sort of buried beneath them that can then be eliminated in the second round and the third round. And the analogy I would draw for this is uh, like eliminating sources of noise. Uh, 
So there are uh, moments in our house when uh, things get really loud and chaotic. And I personally like quiet. Uh, and so I feel stressed when things are just loud and chaotic. And often what I'll do when I start to feel overwhelmed is I begin by eliminating the loudest noise first. Okay, that screaming child over there is the loudest noise. Okay, head over there. What do you need? How can I help you? Okay, that's eliminated. They're good. And then when they stop screaming, I realize, oh, there's music playing in the background that nobody's actually listening to or enjoying. Uh, let's go over there. Let's, let's turn that noise off. But as soon as I do, I realize, oh my gosh, there was like the white noise machine from baby's nap was still on in the background. And now I can hear that one. Uh, and, and it sort of gets easier and easier to find the other noises as you go. Uh, the same is true of clutter. Every time uh, we've done a round of minimizing, we've settled into our new normal only to notice new things that we're hiding behind the clutter that we also don't need or want or use. Uh, but start with uh, what is easy, what's sort of loudest, to borrow that analogy, and just begin to build momentum as you go. Uh, and a quick tip, focus on your own stuff, not other people's. Don't tackle other people's stuff. Don't throw away other people's stuff. If you have, if you're living with roommates or family members or whatever, uh, don't don't intrude on their things. As tempting as that might be, we'll talk about uh, family minimalism in a future podcast. But if you do live with other people, don't touch their stuff. Uh, I've made the mistake of tackling general family stuff uh, prematurely, and it didn't turn out well. Uh, but on the flip side. Our family is really growing in this. And over the last year, we've probably gotten rid of 50% of our possessions. And the shocking thing uh, is that our house doesn't look that much different. Uh, and I think the reason why is because most of the stuff we eliminated uh, was stacked in bins and shelving units in the garage. It was packed under the stairwell and shoved into the back of every closet in our home. Uh, and guess what? You have stuff shoved in the back of your closets and drawers that you don't even know is there, uh, which is proof in and of itself that you don't really need it because you don't even know what's back there. Uh, so give it to somebody else who does. Uh, remember, the goal is to hold every item in your hand as you go room to room. And you're going to, the reason that you're going to do that is that it will force you to make a decision about each item. Uh, otherwise, what you'll do is you'll open a closet, you'll start to feel overwhelmed by everything that's in there and just kind of do a quick scan and say, well, most of that stuff looks okay. Uh, let's just, I think that can stay. And then we just move on to the next space. Uh, and you won't actually be forced to make decisions. Uh, if you thought an item was important enough to bring into your home, then you can find the strength to decide again if it actually needs to stay there. I found we're very uncritical and just absorbing stuff and then we're overwhelmed uh, by all of the clutter. Uh, I found it helpful in many cases to just pull everything out of a closet or a drawer or a specific area of the home, pull it all out into the open, uh, sort through it and put it in four piles, just like you did with your clothes last week. Uh, the trash pile, giveaway pile, uh, keep, 
and um, the all important maybe pile. Uh, and then only put back into that space the things you know you want to keep, the things that you know to be beautiful or useful or add value to your life. And you can repeat that pattern in any space. So pull everything out of your car, like everything, uh, sort it out, and only put your insurance and registration uh, and sort of the bare minimum back in Again, go to your storage closet or to your arts and crafts supplies uh, or to your storage unit, uh, which many, many Americans have, uh, and, and do follow that pattern. Pull everything out, be forced to look, handle, touch, pick up each item and ask those questions. It's not enough to just open a closet door and glance at it. You need to hold every item in your hand and be forced to ask the tough questions. Uh, and, and make it your goal along the way to live with less. Uh, sort of the unspoken American default is to live with more. More is better. Uh, but I found so much freedom in saying, no, my goal is actually uh, to live with less. And this isn't about giving everything up. Uh, and it's not about holding on to everything and just trying to reorganize it. Uh, it's about reducing our possessions to the point that it brings freedom. And, and just have fun with that along the way. So my goal in this is, is freedom, is lightness, is, a, is an unconcern for possessions, uh, is a lighter burden. I'm, I'm going after that. Uh, and make it fun. Uh, my favorite thing to do is just to pretend that I'm going to move overseas. Uh, or move into a condo or into one of those like tiny homes or an RV or whatever it is. And I, I play that game. If I was going to do that, if my wife and I were going to go live in an RV for a year, uh, what would I keep? What would I want there? And what would I get rid of? Uh, well, I'd want my clothes, which can just about fit in a suitcase at this point. Uh, I'd want my mountain bike and my road bike. Uh, and I'd you know put those on the back of a camper or whatever. I'd want two pairs of shoes and some sports and outdoor gear. And that's about it. Like those are the possessions uh, that I can say truly add value to my life that I genuinely enjoy. Everything else is just stuff. Uh, and a lot of it's just stuff that I've stored because I, I have a place to store it. Uh, so let go of that stuff. Uh, make a game out of it. Remember to experiment along the way and have fun. And just ask yourself, like come up with different experiments. If I could only own a hundred items, what would they be? Uh, could we live as a family with two cars instead of three? Uh, what about one car? Why don't we try it? Um, could we live in a smaller house and still accomplish what God is calling us to in this season? Uh, could I get by with five t-shirts instead of 30? I mean, you can design the experiments, but this part is really fun. Um, could I live with less? Uh, could I get by without this thing? Uh, what would that look like? What would the benefits be? Uh, what if we could, why don't we just do it for a month? Like you can try anything for a month. Why don't we just try this thing for a month and uh, see what happens or put it in the, in the maybe box for a month in that closet that you never look in and, and just see what happens. I mean, worst case at the end of the day, uh, you, you sell something or give something away uh, and you realize a few months later, no, we really do need that thing. And, and you buy one back. Like it's, that's the worst case. Like it's, it's not a big deal. Uh, so remember kind of, it always helps me to zoom out and think about the big picture and to kind of keep that in front of me. What's my goal in all of this? 
Well, I, I want to coach my kid's soccer team. Uh, I want to host people in our home without stressing. Uh, I want a less stressful, scattered life in general, uh, or more focus on Jesus, or more time for spiritual disciplines and developing my relationship with Him. I want the ability to move to Malaysia, or get out of debt, uh, and have more financial freedom, or be more generous, or whatever it is. Like Only you know what God is calling you to, and, and what's at the heart of your minimalism. Uh, But as you get rid of things, uh, we found it really helpful to pick a good um, couple of charities or nonprofits that would benefit from our stuff. Uh, My wife and I have given a ton of stuff to Union Gospel Mission, which is kind of downtown by the Spokane Arena. Uh, They're currently feeding like a thousand homeless people a day in downtown, something like that. They do great work in the name of Jesus. Uh, The same is true of Cup of Cool Water uh, that does work with homeless youth for the sake of the kingdom. Uh, If you have baby stuff, we've given a lot of our old baby stuff to My Choice, which is a crisis pregnancy center. started by a gal here uh, who loves Jesus and uh, my choices in West Central. Uh, They do great work. Uh, And of course, there are many others as well. We could go on and on. Uh, For the most part, I think it's easier, faster, and more rewarding to just donate the stuff. Uh, Jesus even says that we should make a habit of sort of selling some of our excess stuff now and again and giving it to the poor. And we've done that from time to time, like actually sold things on Marketplace and then given that uh, to the poor or the latest church plant in the Philippines or whatever it is and just have fun with that. Uh, But it's also really easy to just give our stuff to Union Gospel Mission who sells our stuff and use that money to feed and house uh, the poor and vulnerable in our city. Uh, Garage sales are fun now and again. Uh, They can be tremendously motivating, I think, in helping us part with things that we otherwise wouldn't be ready to let go of. Uh, Just be aware that uh, they take a lot of time and effort to pull off, and they don't usually make nearly as much money as we hope they will. Uh, But selling can be fun and rewarding in some scenarios, whether it's a garage sale or selling online. Uh, I like to play a little game that I made up called buy it back where I'll literally look at something in our home and think like, I bet I could sell that for 40 bucks on marketplace. Uh, And then I'll think to myself, uh, wait a second, if I saw that end table in the store today, would I actually go out of my way to pay $40 for it? Uh, Like in other words, would I buy this item again for its for the current price that I could sell it for. Like right now today, would I would I want to take that home from the store? Well, often the answer is no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pay $40 for that lamp or that end table if I saw it in the store. Nothing would draw me to that. So sell it, uh, like let it go. Uh, that proves that you're holding on to something that you don't really value. You're just holding on to it. Uh, but keep in mind that that selling in any venue can become uh, time consuming or frustrating. Uh, and oftentimes the fastest, easiest, most rewarding route is just to donate it. Uh, so when you can, donate to a worthy cause and keep your momentum going. John Mark Comer in his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, says the goal isn't just to declutter your closet or your garage, 
but to declutter your life, to clear away the myriad of distractions that ratchet up our anxiety, uh, feed us an endless stream of mind-numbing drivel, and anesthetize us to what really matters. So that's the heart behind what we're doing. Uh, a few resources that have been helpful on this topic as we close out our episode. Uh, Joshua Becker's The More of Less, which um, we've been handing out copies of that and, sev- and, and several others on this list in the gathering. Uh, he has a, also has another book called The Minimalist Home that I think goes into uh, room-by-room details as well. Uh, Biblical Minimalism by Cheryl Smith is another one we've made available, and she has some helpful guidance uh, and guiding principles on the practical side. Uh, And then I'm also going to post a few articles with this episode as well. Uh, 101 things that you can reduce in your home right now, 60 things that uh, you shouldn't buy as a minimalist, a great article on uh, the minimalist kitchen, and maybe a few others. Uh, But with that, uh, be blessed. Continue on this journey. Uh, Have patience with yourself and others along the way. Uh, Remember that it is a process, that it will take time. And the bigger our homes, the the closer we are to the 300,000 items, the longer it's going to take. But just start with what's easy. uh, Build some some momentum. And then do your best to keep that going. And in the meantime, we will see you on Sunday.